The children of Israel had made a god, a golden calf, which they could see and called their god, and they sacrificed to their god and worshipped that god. God was going to destroy them, but Moses interceded for the children of Israel. And God did not destroy them, though he plagued them, and many died because they had done this. Exodus 33 gives us an example. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt. Go up unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. Verse 2 And I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, and the Hittite, and the Parasite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Angels have great strength. When God was going to destroy Sodom, he sent two angels to do it. Angels do not have wings. People are mixed up on this part. Angels look like natural men. When they came into Sodom, everybody saw them as two men coming into Sodom. Cherubs have wings, and they are on the front of the Ark of the Tabernacle, with their wingtips touching each other. But those are mystical creatures called cherubs. So God says, I will send an angel before you. He will lead you unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And God says something very interesting. For I will not go up with you. That had to surprise them. For thou art a stiff-necked people. And I will not go up with you lest I become angry and consume thee in the way. I know what this feels like. You certainly forgive a person for their sins when they have sinned. But along the way, a few weeks or months later, that anger over what they did tends to rise up in you. And it's like it starts all anew. And God has the power to destroy you. So he's saying, I won't go up with you lest I consume you in the way. Recently, I asked God if it would be permissible for me to add this music at the end of the podcast that I've been doing that I wanted to do. And I heard, I am with you whithersoever you go. 
Does God have the power to remove understanding from us? Absolutely. I've seen that happen. I've seen church people that had understanding that had it totally removed from them. And they couldn't understand at all. If God becomes angry and you fail to be truly repentant, he could easily remove understanding from you. Now, there are some churches that teach once saved, always saved. I just don't know how they can teach that and read Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, where Jesus says to the church at Sardis, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. This shows us that our names could be blotted out of the book of life. And for what reason? If we fail to overcome. To overcome Anything, you have to be connected to God, turn to God, wait on God to show you what to do, and then do that. Well, the fact that you're connected to God seals your name in the book of life. If you're not going to connect to God, the time could come that your name would be blotted out of the book of life. Scriptures show us truth from God. Churches often make up their own doctrine by their own thinking, and they fail to judge their doctrine by verses such as Revelation 3.5, which shows you that doctrine is not true, once saved, always saved. So that should cause us to beware. If we fail to overcome through God, things that happen to us in cases such as this, the world begins to sound right. When we once do, their doctrine was wrong. The thing that has happened is we've taken on the doctrine of this world and have cast aside the doctrine of Christ of the New Testament Bible and Old Testament Bible too because there's a great deal that still pertains in the Old Testament. God promised Noah this earth would never be destroyed completely again by water. He put a rainbow in the sky as a seal on that covenant that when God sees the rainbow, he remembers his promise that he will never destroy the earth again by water. There's a scripture in Genesis chapter 8 which says, 
while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. That's verse 22. Paul warned Timothy not to be pulled away by so-called science and scientists. Don't turn away from what the Bible says. There's so much about climate, climate change, climate control. People like to think they are the ones who cause everything. And if they change their way, that won't happen. So there's a lot of worldly preaching that goes on on things like climate and how we're destroying the earth and climate change. I go back to this scripture. While the earth remaineth, there will be seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. At the end of the earth, just before the earth is destroyed by fire, by God, the sun will turn dark and fail to shine. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven. The powers of heaven will be shaken before God destroys the heaven and the earth. But until then, we're going to have seasons. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. There is a point in time, and Revelation 16 tells this, that one of the plagues sent upon the earth by the seven angels who carry the plagues, one angel pours his vial out on the sun, and people are scorched with great heat. And in that situation, they don't repent. They just blaspheme God and complain about what God has caused. But at least they recognize it's God. In Psalm 148, we read that stormy winds fulfill the word of God. Hail, various difficulties in weather. Weather is controlled by God. We cling to the God that is invisible, but is behind the work. The world wants to think that something they have done has caused this. They are their own God. Sadly, recently the Holy Spirit brought a word to me, which was great wisdom. I know it wasn't of myself. It was from the Holy Spirit. And it concerned a Wagner opera, The Ring. And when I found out the plot of The Ring was there was a powerful god, and a dwarf stole the ring of the god. And the rest of the opera was about trying to get the ring back. 
when I found that was what this opera was about, the Holy Spirit rose up in me and said these words. If I had a God where there was a dwarf powerful enough to steal the ring of that God, I would be looking for another God. Our God has wisdom and power, and we see that which is invisible. The God behind the circumstances. And that God you can't see with your natural eyes. But by faith you know through the scriptures this is what is happening. Don't let that be taken away from you by this world and the apostate churches. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today. The music we are playing for you today was written by Franz Schubert. It is Symphony Number no. 8, The Unfinished Symphony, in three movements. The London Symphony Orchestra, Leopold Stokowski, and the recording is from 1992. Thank you. 